Welcome to Folding Chair Theology. We're your hosts, Justin Mercier and Bruce Pagano, and this is Theology for Everyone. Hey, welcome back to Folding Chair Theology. Uh, we're your hosts, Justin Mercier here with Bruce Pagano. Hey, what's up? Hey, and uh, we are starting a new series. Um, and we're going to be talking about the American Redoubt. We're kind of backing, this is kind of piggybacking off of like Christian nationalism and like some of the stuff that we've been talking about. Um, so yeah, I'm excited to start this uh, yeah. new series and talk about this stuff. But before we do that, how are things in your world there? Good, busy, just busy. Like we're, yeah, a lot of work and um, had a pretty lazy weekend. So um, okay. just got some like chores and stuff done and then hung out at a um one of those like street fair type thing with lots of booths and stuff like that so yeah yeah yeah, yeah. cool but nothing nothing overly dramatic um yeah yeah how about you i know you got something important coming up yeah so next weekend i've got um my strongman competition Mm-hmm. Um, the back alley brawl is what it's called. Um, my coach Alex is actually the one who's, um, putting it on there. Um, and yeah, I'm getting really excited for it. it you know, I, I, um, may or may not have made a mistake. It may have been, uh, inevitable anyway, but it was like Tuesday. So last Saturday, this last Saturday, um, I don't know what date that is. 17th, maybe, um, uh, was the last day to sign up for this competition. So probably Tuesday or Wednesday of that last week, um, it was only me in the novice class, just me. And I was like, just as a funny thing, I was like, come on. Like I put it on Facebook. I was like, come on. Who's going to just, you know, wants to come challenge me. Like you guys are going to let me just make the easiest win of all time. You know, blah, blah. cause that's happened in competitions before where like sure. some, like a bunch of people don't sign up and there's like one person and that's it. And I was like, yeah, come on, let's go. Like who, who wants, who's down by Saturday, seven other dudes signed up in the novice class. Are you serious? Yeah. So you could so, have, I could have just, just won. Swept it. <laughs> I could have just won. Um, now I'm not attributing all that to me. Some people are very last minute kind of people too. You know, they're right. like, Oh crap. I gotta sign up. But like one guy wrote to me who I've competed against before and he's like, all right, man, you convinced me. Like I wasn't going to do it, but you know, since you're only one, like, yeah, I'll, I'll do it too. I haven't competed in like a year, blah, blah. And so I was like, all right, cool. And then all of a sudden there was like eight of us and I'm like, oh no. <laughs> um, but you know, here's the thing. It was like, that that's, that's that careful what you wish for. Yeah, exactly. Which here's the thing is like, it's all funny. Like it really is all funny games at this point. Like I don't have any kind of like big sponsor that's at stake or I'm like, I have to prove myself, sure. you know, right now I'm just in the basic, like run of the mill, like just getting experience, just gaining strength. And I have to keep in mind that like I've lost 127 pounds, you know, since starting this and right. weight moves weight. And when you lose weight, you also lose the ability to move weight sometimes too. So mm. my body's still in that like recovery mode from losing all the weight. And so it's, it's one of those things where I'm going to be, no matter what I can come in last and I'm going to, I know that I'm going to do my absolute best. Um, I hope to come in first, you know, um, right. but 
you never know. You know, it's just one of those things. <laughs> and I imagine that having people to compete against is actually pretty nice. Yeah, because you know, there's so in, in the last competition I did, there was 32 people in the novice class I was in. And I just really wasn't like, I wasn't like a front runner at all, like throughout mm-hmm. the competition. But there was one part of the competition where I had to carry a yoke and then drop it and then turn around and carry a frame back. And it was the fastest time. And I took like second in that event out of 32 people, you know? So like there are things where I'm like, I know where my strengths are. Um, and I'll tell you this in this competition, three of the five events that we're doing, I've got a major strength. Like those are my, like my events, two of them, I know how to do and they're within my wheelhouse, but they're not like my strongest kind of events. Um, So it's one of those things where if I'm able to get at the top of the pack, you know, top three in those first two, then I know I can make up a lot of points in the back end of it. So it's just one of those things where I'm like, I'm just going to go try my best. And if it works, great. If not, it's, you know, I'm okay with it because I'm going to smoke with everybody in the last three events. So (laughs) nice. Yeah. So it's going to be really good, you know, um, muscle takes a lot of time to build it takes a long time yeah i've been trying for years (laughs) it's one of those things where like they say you have to have a 3500 calorie surplus to gain one pound of muscle three thousand five hundred calories a day surplus surplus right so if i go work out and i lose two thousand calories i've got to eat five thousand five hundred to gain that one pound of muscle and I've got to do that every day. And so it's tough because when you're, you know, um, walking around, you're doing all these kind of things and you're trying to shove all this food in your mouth and you don't want to eat anymore and you feel full and it's really hard. You know, it's really hard to get to that point. Here's the thing is when I was 400 pounds, eating 5,000 calories a day was easy. Like it was like easy being 279 pounds now it's not as easy. <laughs> right. You know? And so right now I think I have like five little sausage links and four or five eggs. And like, that's as much as I can take right now when it used to be a dozen eggs. Length and a yeah. dozen eggs, you know? Um, so it's, it's one of those things where um, it's uh, you know, you just got to kind of continue to move forward and, um yeah you know i I mean i drink like super calorie shakes i try to you know i buy i I actually here's the thing is i buy and i wish they were a sponsor of mine equate which is like the walmart brand Mm -hmm. yeah they have these protein shakes that are 30 grams of protein one gram of sugar and like two grams of carbs and that's it like how many calories though because you're talking about calorie intake too right yeah, maybe like 140 calories or something like that. Um, but that 30 grams of protein is because um, I try I try to take one gram of protein per body weight if I can, but that's still almost 300 grams of protein every day, mm-hmm. uh, which is which is a lot. And having those two or three shakes that don't have a ton of sugar in them um, really help because of this, the other stuff I have has a bunch of sugar in it, and that's right. why I take good. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. I don't eat like that. Yeah. But I can see my body is, you know, it's changing and, um, like I'm excited to see my, my coach hasn't seen me in months and I've dropped probably 
you know, 15 pounds since last time I saw him. Right. So you do look slimmer in like your face. Yeah. Thank you. I, huh. I, I'm trying to keep the beard tight. I'm starting to wear this hat now. I guess I'm a hat person now. Oh yeah. <laughs> I've never been a hat person ever. What changed? So we were into the twin falls fair and, uh, this is, this is urgent care, you yeah. know, because, you know, I don't know, but urgent care was there and, um, they were like, Hey, spin the wheel and you can get something. And it happened to be like a hundred degrees that day. And I was getting sunburnt. And so I was like, can I have a hat? and not spin the wheel and they're like sure and they gave it to me and i literally would just only had it so that way i could like keep the sun on my face and then both jessica and hensley they're like daddy you look so good in the hat and i was like really and and um so they they were like yeah i think you're a hat person now which i've never been a hat person so right, yeah so Does now it I, takes I, I'm getting used to it is because my head gets really warm right that's how i know i'm not a millennial is that I can't wear a beanie inside. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, I'm I, like, absolutely not a millennial because the beanie inside yeah. just gets me. Yeah. So I don't know. I'm trying to. So what I've decided is like out in public, I've been trying to wear my hat, but it is still like I'm still trying to get used to it. Yeah. Um, but yeah. yeah. I don't know but if it's true or not, but just careful that like I heard hat, like I wore a beret for 20 years. Yeah. And, you know. It took my hair with it. So, oh, is that? <laughs> I don't know if it's true. I don't know if that it might have been the radiation in the water that we showered in in Kyrgyzstan. Like that might have, <laughs> yeah, that might have yeah. contributed to it. I'm pretty sure it did actually. <laughs> so, cool. Yeah, exactly. All right. You want to talk some, some, uh, American readout? Yeah. You know, so this was, um, actually, I think it was a, a topic that you kind of brought up and I had not really even heard yeah. before. Um, but one thing that I was, the way that I kind of got to this point is I just kept, we kind of just, we throughout for a couple of seasons now we've talked about, especially since the insurrection, mm -hmm. um, which is the correct term, I think for what happened on January 6th, I think it's the only acceptable term. Yeah. Um, is so when the insurrection happened, and I remember like screenshotting you photos that day, mm -hmm. like, cause I was on my, I was working and then like, I was getting all these news alerts and I was like, what the heck is happening? And then watching it on my phone and I was screenshotting you. I'm like, can you believe this? Like, this I is think it was a Thursday. Cause I think I was at home. I yeah. think I wasn't working that day. Yeah. And so, um, I just remember being like, what is happening? And like, being like, how do, what is a Wednesday? And I kind of like started once we started kind of unwrapping it a little bit. Um, it was all of these um racist groups getting together under under the one nation of God and then going and terrorizing our country, mm -hmm. killing officers, which I thought they supported officers, but killing officers, and then um and then doing it in god's name and and like you know let's hang the president but we're going to do it in god's name not and it that just didn't reconcile for me like it just didn't make sense on paper like it just doesn't make sense and then the term that christian nationalism is god country you know uh good guns. old boys you know guns um 
you know, Christians are Americans and Americans are Christians. And like, that's when I started being like, okay, there is a, a cult movement happening that now I see, like now I see it. Um, And so then you talked about, you're like, well, we live in the area called the American Redoubt and we live in that area. And I was like, what's that? And and then we started researching it. And so, um, yeah, very interesting. This series is meant to be like, um, we're working towards something. So like, um, yeah. Christian nationalism is not Christian. It's it's an abomination and it's disgusting. And um, there's a difference between being patriotic for your country and being a nationalist, just in and of itself. Those are two different things. Yeah. When you throw a Christian on front of that, um, it becomes an abomination of actually what it means to be Christian and bucks against that. And I'm not like, I'm going to be unapologetic about that. Like um, we did. Um, weeks and weeks and weeks after the um, January 6th insurrection, we did weeks and weeks on a series because um, we wanted to be intentional about it. And mm-hmm. we kind of pivoted the season toward doing just the um, Sermon on the Mount as yeah. a measure for, hey, this is what it looks like to live as a kingdom citizen. And so if, if you're doing things that don't look like this, you're not doing Christian things. And I'm not going to say you're not a Christian. I would argue, like, I would I would question that. But at least if you're not doing things, like, if the things you're doing don't look like this, you're not doing Christian things, and you have to reconcile that. Like, and if you're doing things that are anti-Christian, yeah. that's even worse. Like, um, and so, um, and and you have to reconcile that. And But at the same time, I'm going to continue to, to trumpet that horn. And so we were wrapping up last season and we kind of like talked about like, Hey, you know, tease the idea that we wanted to do a short series on the American readout. Um, and, um, and you know, our opening, our opening, um, episode this season, which was, um, just a few weeks ago, I think. Right. We're just like, this would be episode three. Yeah. Um, where are we at? Let me think. Oh, um, so yeah, this, this is technically going to be episode three, but we did an episode two weeks ago on why Christian nationalism is dangerous, which leads into this American readout conversation. And so today we're going to kind of just walk through the history of, um, the American readout, like how, how we got here and why it's a big deal. Um, and then the second episode in the series is going to be, um, one with a joint, um, podcast with the gray man that you're going to kind of talk a little bit about at the end and just kind of set that up. Yeah. Um, and so we invited the gray man to come and talk, um, politically while we talked theologically about why this is not a good thing and and it's a threat. And then we're going to wrap it up with the third episode on, kind of a rehashing of the um whole season that we did on Christian on living in the kingdom kingdom living um and what it looks like to be a Christian here on earth as we invite heaven to earth and act out our kingdom citizenship here yeah yeah Yeah, absolutely and I'm excited for it because there is um there's I have some you know feelings about the um american redoubt and like 
And I'm glad we're going to wrap it up that way as far as like, mm -hmm. does this look like what Jesus talked about in the Sermon on the Mount? Right. And um, so I'm excited for that. Because there's certainly plenty of pastors right now in this region that are saying that it does, right? That are that are saying that it reflects, right? And so like, so so here, let's, let's start. In order to understand the American re readout, um, readout, how are you saying it? You're probably saying it right. Uh, redoubt. Redoubt. Um, so that's R-E-D-O-U-B-T. It looks yeah. like redoubt, like I doubt this. Um, and it actually, and we'll talk about this, but it actually stands for fortification. Like that's the the word re redoubt um, mm -hmm. stands for fortification. Yep. Um, and so um, in order to understand like, how we got here in 2022, we have to go all the way back to 1960s. Okay. Um, and actually probably before that, um, there were some very specific, um, you know, you think about things like uh, the moral majority that happened in the 80s or in the, um, you know, in the seventies and eighties. Um, and like those guys started talking about that stuff back in the fifties. Right. And, yeah. and we've, we've talked about that just from like the great sex rescue book and, and Jesus and John Wayne and the making of biblical womanhood. That's best Beth Allison Barr, Kristen DeBase. Um, and, um, Sheila Grigoire, um, all great books, all kind of like give this history of like how we got from this place of like machismo and like. Uh, you know us wanting to be in charge and like john wayne and and all this right so we're going to go back to the 60s with this thing called posse with this group called posse comitatus and posse comitatus um is could e is easily confused with the law posse comitatus and we talk about it we'll talk about it in um with with mike from the gray man um, but posse comitatus the law says that military or that the U S military cannot be used against um, to enforce American laws on American soil against American citizens. Okay. Right. That's the actual law of the Posse Comitatus. Um, the group Posse Comitatus, hold on one second. Um, is actually like a, um, is actually like a group think think like old west posse um it's actually a group that are called together typically by like a sheriff or some law enforcement official to enforce laws and so like when the sheriff would have his posse and they would um and they and he would like deputize them and they would show up and think like the movie tombstone wider deputizes his brothers to enforce law and they all yeah. stand there and they like pull back their vests and there's like Right, and they point to the the badges. Um, Posse Comitatus was a group. Um, they're loosely organized, far far right populist social movement that started in the sixties. Um, they were very conspiracy minded. They were very anti government, and they were very anti Semitic. And so that anti Semitism kind of kind of separates them a little bit from this idea that um, there are like Zionists who think that like. They support Israel becoming its own country and think that it's necessary um, in order for the end times to start for um, Zion, like for Israel to become its own country and occupy the 
the promised land again. The um, Posse Comitatus group were anti-Semitic. They were white supremacists and believed that Christians were actually under attack um, in America, like which one, if you're familiar with any American history, never been the case. Right. Never been the case. Um, but very much believe that Christians are under attack. Does that sound familiar? Like right. with like what we're dealing with today. Um, it never went away. Like it started and it never went away. Um, and so many were were survivalists and founded um armed citizen militias um all the way into the nineties. And and some of those militias, like some of those like militia movements that you might recognize, like it gave rise to things like the Christian identity movement and it influenced the um, Christian Patriot movement, which is really kind of an internal movement of the American Patriot movement um, that, that now emphasizes Christian nationalism Um, and also the sovereign citizens movement, which they reject much of the, um, the connection to government and, only subject themselves to common law. Um, and so the Posse Comitatus is this this fringe group that launches and influences all these other formations of groups, right? And so that they're grounded all the way back into the 60s. And so one of the bigger ones is the Christian identity movement, um, which they started in the 80s. And if you go a little bit up north from us, a little, little town called Moscow, mm-hmm. there's a dude named... Um, I think Doug Wilson is part of the Christian identity movement. Um, and he just Google him. Not a good man. Just some of the stuff he says, like not yeah. a good man. Um, but they, again, Christian identity movement, very anti-Semitic, very, very white supremacist. They, um, the Southern poverty law center lists them for a long time as the most radical, um, the most radical group with members um, who have committed acts of domestic terrorist terrorism and they're spread out all over um, all over the country. Um, They actually um, had large roots in the Pacific Northwest from the eighties to about the two thousands. And who's the guy, you remember the guy's name um, that lived up in Coeur d'Alene area. He's dead now, but he was an Aryan nation. Um, Richard Butler. He was yeah. in charge of the Aryan nation and he was part of like, they had some ties to that ideology and that group, that Christian identity movement. Um, it's important to say that they're Christian in name only. Um, they believe white people, not the Jewish people are the true Israelites. Um, and so there's wow. this idea that like we can, they can, that, that God rejected the Israelites and that we, white people are um are god's chosen people and um, yeah. haven't they read history come on like <laughs> every time that you come against the israelites throughout the bible and throughout history things don't go well it never goes well no um, so so they they do have large roots in the pacific northwest which is kind of i mean some people say that Technically, Southern Idaho is not the Pacific Northwest. There are people in Idaho that would argue that. Um, but regardless, 80s to 2000s, and then they hit this steep decline. There's a lot of like um, pressure from law enforcement on them. 
And so they hit the steep steep decline between and then between um um they they stagnate and then between 2017 and 2021 they're still on the list at the Southern Poverty Law Center um because they have at least nine locations still in the Midwest and the South. So there still are like identifiable groups and churches that are part of the Christian identity movement um, throughout most or mostly throughout the, the Midwest and the Southern States. And so that brings us to a gentleman named James Wesley Rawls and James Wesley Rawls um the Southern Poverty Law Center describes him as a Christian separatist who promotes conspiracy theories associated with the anti-government patriot movement. Um, and remember, the Posse Comitatus group influenced the formation of the patriot movement, and it shows itself today as the Christian patriot movement and Christian nationalism. Um, and so, so that should sound really familiar. Like we're like this guy becomes a really crucial part in the um the calling out and formation of American readout. And so James Wesley Rawls, um he was a an army intel officer from 1983 84 to 93 and as soon as Clinton was inaugurated, he resigned his commission. He's just like, "Nope, I am not going to serve under Clinton as a commander in chief." Um, and he resigned. And from that point on, he did some journalism and technical writing um, with a lot of different com- companies and um, media outlets from about the mid 80s to um, the 2000s. And then in 2005, he started his full time um, website on survival. So he started blogging full time on survival. Um, he's also written a number of books and novels and nonfiction survival guides. Um, the dude is a staunch second amendment advocate. He's also identifies himself as, um, as opposed to racism, calling himself an anti-racist in a, in a 2010 blog. Um, and he defends himself as an anti-racist, um, which is going to be important here in a moment, like when we get ready to talk about the actual readout. Um, in March 2011, he founded and popularized the idea of the American readout movement. Um, by uh, That was endorsed by former presidential candidate Chuck Baldwin. And this is where we get to talk about some of your favorite people, Justin. Um, so we're going to side note here real quick about Chuck Baldwin. I'm going to talk about Chuck Baldwin, and then you're going to talk about Matt Shea and van Oy and that other dude i don't remember the other dude's name yeah um but chuck baldwin he's a right right wing radio host he's a pastor of crossroads baptist church in florida as of 2011 um he's actually the pastor of liberty fellowship in kalispell montana um mm-hmm. he was a florida state chamber um chairman sorry florida state chairman of moral majority of the moral majority in the 1980s um he is an anti-zionist which a zionist supports a homeland for jews he does not um he is actually um he's responsible for he he thinks that jews and that israel the israel are responsible for most of the ills of the u.s society and culture today like they have caused more problems in america all the problems in America are 
caused by the Jewish, as far as um, Chuck Baldwin is concerned. The Southern Poverty Law Center identifies um, him as part of the anti-government movement, um, and and he is um, he is one of the guys that endorses this movement um, called the American Readout, along with a couple other guys. So hit us with those guys. Yeah, so so one of the uh, a really big key player of this group is a guy named Matt Shea. So Matt Shea is um, so they call him a disgraced politician from Washington. So he was a politician, Spokane, I think it is Washington. Yeah, um, and he was part of a, a domestic terrorist group that had done something as far as what they consider domestic terrorism. And essentially, they kicked him off of being um, in politics after that. He's actually involved in multiple like um, violent acts toward some very specific, like three different violent acts or something yeah. like that. I think there was As one part of the Patriot movement. Yeah, and there was one specifically about like the Malheur Reservation and and some sort yeah. of violence against police officers or, or yeah. whatnot. Um, and and one of the things that was very interesting is um and i had showed uh, bruce a clip of him speaking at um a american redoubt kind of gathering gathering yeah. or whatever like a rally and the thing is that he was making fun of the the left which is the democrats he was making fun of them being like they had no idea you know that we were a group blah, blah, you know whatever um and um the thing about matt shea which is really terrifying is when he was being replaced they went to his work computer i guess it would be and they found all of these documents about how to be a militaristic group and 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 i have the document pulled up here he wrote this document called the biblical basis for war which right in the title there i already have an issue with because when Jesus comes onto the scene and the disciples go, you're here to take over, right? Like you're here to like be the military leader against the Romans. And Jesus specifically is like, nope, that's what I'm not here for, actually. Um, and furthermore, like you're going to like pay what Caesar is to Caesar. Like you're going to, you know, you're going to do, um, you're going to abide by the government and that sort of thing. Um, so already I'm already like skeptical. He has this whole document called the biblical basis for war. And the very first point that, is he, that God, he wrote, right? That he wrote. Yep. Okay. He wrote very first thing. God is a warrior. That's the very first thing. Um, and, and talks about fight to win. So you don't have to fight again. That's point number three. Um, uh, and it says, um, you know, when when is the time to fight? Well, God will reveal to the leader when it's time to fight, which is a very cultish yeah. stance. Only, only the leader knows, right? Only the leader knows. Um, uh, thing, okay, things for a holy army, sacrifice, worship, and prayer, uh, prayer circumcision, saved, uh, vow, trumpets and arcs, atonement and money, praise to god before during and after um you know and, and like and and just it goes on and on i think one of the 
one of the um, most astonishing, a couple of astonishing things is rules of war. And he says, uh, make an offer of peace before declaring war. And this is what you must, this is what you must surrender. The other, the enemy must surrender. Stop all abortions, no same sex marriage, no idolatry or occultism, no communism and must obey all biblical law. Um, which again, I don't know what that means. Um, very interesting though. Um, I, you know, I, I kind of skeptical guy of what, of what that is. And one of the things is he gives is a, 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 an instruction where he says, everybody will either work or pay their taxes and anyone who doesn't kill all the men. Well, if they, if they don't surrender, if they don't yeah. yield, then they are, if they do yield, they will work and pay taxes their fair share if they don't yield the response should be to kill all able-bodied men or kill all the men it says not just able-bodied kill all men yeah and so and it's important to note that like he called this the biblical basis for war right Mm -hmm. and these are all self-professed christians like they're all self-professed christians this is not like some um person that's identifying as a cult like this is not like jonestown or the branch davidians where they're just like i am jesus come again these are people that are like identifying as christians because they're gonna usher in the end times yeah yep which i mean they're essentially saying that they are the awakened jews right i mean that's what we're talking about is when we talk about revelation we talk about the holy spirit coming to the 144,000 Jews to become these witnesses to the world, they're essentially taking that over and saying, nope, we're white. And then we are, we are those people. And, and, and we're ushering in the holy war of the Lord, you know, like, and I'm just like, dang, you know, like, but here's the thing is that this is becoming a very popular. And and think about if you think about it, if you think about this, what are the two fastest growing states in the entire country right now? Idaho and Montana. Those are the two. If you talk to anybody who is an original Idahoan and original Montanian, right? They'll tell you all these people from California, Oregon, Washington, Colorado, they're all moving here and they're taking up all of our, you know, they're coming in with their money. And like, I'm like, I think this is like, I think that we need to not, turn a blind eye to this like and i I don't know about you but i don't know there's just like everybody i talk to is everyone i've talked to at least in in the times i've talked to people is usually it's a nuclear white american christian family who fled from the people's republic of california quote unquote fled yeah and so and they say that like they say i left oppression and in the documentary i watched um, that I showed you some of it. Part of that document, they, one guy says, "We fled the 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 we fled the dictatorship of California because we were being persecuted as Christians, and we were no longer safe. And we are right. we were political refugees coming to a safe place in Idaho. Political and religious refugees. Yeah. And so this guy Matt Shea is is um um he has the whole he has a whole plan." on and i sh- and i sh- showed you this 
the formation that the group will have when they come against law enforcement who tries to stop whatever they're doing, yep. they have a militaristic formation of how they're going to have a plan of attack against military, police officers, anyone in law enforcement. And these are the same people that are saying, back the blue, back the blue, right. you know, but they're ready to fight and they have a plan to fight law enforcement like they have a plan um so that's the that's the first guy the second guy um is there's a a, a pastor called paul van noy at candlelight uh fellowship in quarter lane and and he um from the clip that we watched um of him preaching um is almost a, a very along that those same lines right of yeah. like of no, no same-sex marriage. Actually, if you even, um, if you even tried to like, you know, help somebody who is uh, gay or LGBTQ plus, you're actually doing them harm. So we need to take back what love really means. And what, and and I, what I thought was really interesting is, the, have you ever? I, I don't know. Maybe I shouldn't say this, but uh, Game of Thrones, right? You ever like, yeah. you know, Game of Thrones? Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, there is a part. Um, in the very beginning, like first season where Ned Stark says, or I don't know if he says it or maybe one of his daughters say it, but says anything you say before the word, but you might as well just erase everything that was right. said. And I've heard that before. Yep. Yeah. And um, that's I always Brene Brown's pretty popular when she's talking yeah. about apologies and stuff like that. Yeah. Listen, I, I watch Game of Thrones. I don't read books, okay? Yeah. Uh, no, I'm just like, um, but but what I love about that is that this pastor says, well, we love, you know, uh, the the homosexual and we love, you know, um, the people. The alcoholic. I think he related yeah. to that. And he says, but we are going to make sure that we take them out of that toxic, you know, environment and put them somewhere where they're going to be safe and happy. And I, I'm like, yeah, I don't think that's possible. Like, I don't think that you can put someone somewhere safe and happy when you're like totally destroying who they are as a person first, you know, like, right. and my, my problem with like the way that Van Noy presents things is he makes it sound really soft. Like right. he, sh he kind of like shrouds it in like really soft speak that makes it sound like it's not as bad as it sounds. Um, but it is like, it's, it's just, it's dangerous. It's just as dangerous and it's just as problematic as, as Matt Shea being completely open with what he's saying um, and not trying to hide it at all. Yeah. Um, but Van Oy is creating this situation where he makes it sound like he's not saying anything horrible and it's not on the same level as Shay. But at the end of the day, they agree on more than they would disagree on. Yeah. And it's that whole saying a wolf in sheep's clothing, right? right. Is, is you've got this ferocious animal who wants to do harm, but as long as you wrap it up in sheep's clothing, they'll just think you're cute and oh, you could never do any harm. And it's a slow burn. It, it's, it's boiling a frog in warm water and then turning up the heat like gently, you know, a little, little by little. Yeah. And that's the thing is like what, 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 what we see with these like evangelical spaces is we see the temperature being turned up just slight enough where you almost don't recognize 
the temperature difference until it's too late. And then now you're boiling, you know, like now you're, now you're getting burned and, but it's such a subtle thing. And um, so that's why, that's why when he presents this whole um, argument, um, you know, that he's a proponent of this, you know, uh, like, and they say this a lot, like-minded people, Mm -hmm. I, I get this really weird sense when they say that is what they're saying is same colored skinned, people from a particular political ideology you know mm-hmm. um and they would say religious ideology they wouldn't say political but they very much want it to be political and that's what that's yeah. what this pastor van Noy said at the end of that clip he said it we encourage christians to get involved in politics right you know um and we've talked about it before mm-hmm. where our politics are not of this is we're not part of caesar's politics we're right. part of the we're part of the politics that jesus says my kingdom is not even on this earth like, what are right. you talking about um and uh and so and then this the last guy um he runs um the Do you remember his name so i have the clip uh up here and i think his name is on there um johnny appleseed is that what they called him? Seriously, that's the guy's name because that's a fictional character or like a fo- American folklore character. If you if you listen really carefully to this clip, it says his real name and then he says, but he also goes by and I think he said something like Johnny Appleseed or something like that's that. Ridiculous. And okay. I and I was like, oh, okay, I see what they did there. Do you want me to share that? Just that thirty seconds? Yeah, you can play that. Like, yeah. Okay. So this is this is set up the clip. He's at a he's at the same rally as Matt Shea. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So Matt Matt Shea is handing the microphone, microphone over to him. So let me um so this is so I want to make sure that they introduce him because yeah, I want to make sure you got the you got the name there. So yeah, I'm gonna play this real quick, okay? Okay. You just tell me when to stop. They're propagandists and they need to be held accountable for. She is also connected to the host of Radio Free Redoubt, Jack Robertson, who also goes by the name of John Jacob Schmidt. John Jacob Schmidt. They have co-hosted a radio show together and both supported the previous movement to create a separate state within the US. I started a podcast called Radio Free Redoubt to promote the strategic relocation of conservative, Christian, like-minded patriots to the inland Pacific Northwest. The left doesn't understand it. Media from New York or from England, they cock their heads sideways like a confused puppy and they can't try to figure out why people don't want to have their children raised in places like California or the I-25 corridor in Colorado. A redoubt is a safe haven, a fallback position, a defensible uh, safe haven. They call us anti-government, they call us pro-militia, they call us extremist, calling us anti-government. It's like walking out of a restaurant to find a man in the parking lot beating his wife and you run and grab him and restrain him. And the crowd runs up and points at you and says, why are you anti-husband? Get it? This is spiritual warfare. Really, this is what it's going to come down to. This is a battle of good against evil. This is Christ and not Christ. This is Christ versus anti-Christ spirit. I don't believe that stuff. Doesn't matter doesn't matter if you don't believe in electricity and you stick your butter knife in that little outlet, it's irrelevant whether or not you believe in it. Someday you're going to find out 
what's real and what's not. So anyway, okay. yeah. So by the way, I think I it's really important to note that he says things like um, Christian um, patriotism or like Christian patriot and like defensible position and you know what I'm saying like and then and then uses othering language. This is about Christ and Antichrist, but in the context of a literally another group of people that's like the left. Like he's talking about the left. He's he talking that. about Democrats. And so he's saying understand what we're doing. Right. And so he's othering them. He's he's setting and we're gonna talk about that here in a second when we get into the readout, but well, I think, and here's the thing: he says it's good versus evil. Who's evil? Mm-hmm. The left. Yep. Who's the, I, well, and and what it is is that he says this is an a, a place for Christian like-minded, like you know, patriots. Uh, patriots. Who is who is the like-minded Christian patriots? Who who is that? Right. right. If right. we're talking about Christian nationalism, and we're talking about Fox News and the media. You cannot be a Christian and a Democrat. You can't be a right, Christian. As far as they're concerned. You can be. They And they, and that's what they say. They're, they're uprising saying we need Christian nationalism to uh, come together. Defend us against the godless left. Yeah. And, and this area regionally for them, the inland Pacific Northwest, is their fallback safe haven position that's defensible. It's yeah, like right. Against who? And so, what does that mean? Yeah, right. That means that they're willing to use violence. And when we look at like Jesus, I, I don't like you may be able to justify violence, and we'll talk about this later. You may be able to justify violence in a lot of different situations, but you cannot do it from a biblical standpoint when you're talking about Jesus. Right. You can't like you can't do it. Right. You can't look at the way of Jesus. And, and 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 find a defensible argument a defensible defensible argument a, for using violence right. and that's what makes this not not um, one of the things not of god right and so that brings us to the american readout and so the american readout in in general the american readout um stands for american fortification it's a political migration movement which designates Idaho, Montana, all of Idaho, all of Montana, all of Wyoming, and then eastern parts of Oregon and Washington as a safe haven for conservative Christians. Um, while Rawls says it has nothing to do with race, the movement itself has been co-opted by Christian white nationalists and anti-Semitic movements groups and has deep roots in white supremacy. Like it, like you cannot separate um, the roots of this movement, this political movement from white supremacy, like it's, it's just connected. Yeah. Um, so those roots run um, almost a century back and um, have involved numerous attempts to join North Idaho and Eastern Washington to seek su- secession and, um, and suggested names like Lincoln and Liberty. So like for almost a century, this region, Northern Idaho and Eastern Washington have sought to like secede and become their own state that they wanted to name Lincoln or Liberty. And it's just expanded over that time. Um, while those roots are primarily focused on an alternative independent state, the American readout is more of a political movement or migration of people to the inland Northwest 
as a safe haven for conservatives being um leaving christians in this or leaving or sorry uh safe haven for christians conservative leaning christians in um in the event that society is going to fall apart because their belief is like there is a a thing coming where the godless left is going to create a situation where society deteriorates and falls apart right and so Rawls selected this area um, intentionally because of the resources and the ability to grow resources but also to defend against the u.s military because places like north dakota and south dakota are too flat and so the the mountainous regions the seclusion um, the ability the difficulty in traversing this area makes it more defendable and he was an army intelligence officer. He knows like what he's looking for, right? And so yeah. Rawls isn't just looking um, to separate and segregate races, just religions. Um, so he's a separatist, a religious separatist, not a racial separatist. But again, that doesn't matter because it's been co-opted by the already and historically present white supremacist in this area. Like there are deep roots all the way back to the Civil War in Idaho as a like before it was even a state as a safe haven for confederate soldiers um to form their own new confederate type area right and there's deep histories that i have a friend you know ben kramer i think who's writing a book on that um and and so like it's undisputable people people can argue it but like there's just too much actual history but then you'll just ignore it and you can just ban that book so Oh, no, really, Idaho's history is white supremacist racists who didn't like mm-hmm. the abolishment of slavery and yep. they Idaho. Like, yep. and you, like you don't want to admit it. People don't want to admit it, but it is what it is. Like it, it is factual. So, um, Rawls does not acknowledge or does not acknowledge himself as a religious. Or sorry, Rawls does acknowledge himself as a religious separate separatist, um, and he encourages migration of people to this area and encourages them to bring their guns like bring your guns it's a defensible area um they're actually real estate companies this is interesting i was looking this up they're actually real estate companies that exist to help people relocate and they will act as consultants for survival um for survivalists uh uh like one company said that in the two years since covid his inquiries and business has doubled um, and then one, um, consensus by Democrat, by, by a specific Democrat opponent is that the people will relocate here if they believe that they can bully volunteer, um, like County boards into submission. And we start like, we're seeing it here, um, here in Nampa, Idaho, our, um, our Nampa school district school board was bullied into the superintendent re- resigning. And three people were elected and took over that board. And then all of a sudden book bans and like all sorts of stuff. Um, And it's, it's a power play. Like they're pushing um, because of their lack of government and their, or their lack of trust in the government agenda. They're pushing their way into these, these smaller positions to take hold of governmental power. Um, And so part of the intention of the American readout is to, prepare for a second civil war or a third, they call it a third Gulf war. Um, and that's according to um, like this same um, democratic politician. Um, 
And so in it's a second they they also call it a second cold war. Um and they said that it's caused by the widening gulf between the right and the left or what they deemed the godly and the godless and what was the dude's name? Um John Jacob Schmidt. You know that's John Jacob Jingleheimer Schmidt, right? But John right. Jacob Schmidt. Um and so the number of people who have moved to this area like it's hard to get a an actual number on the number of people who moved here because of that mentality, because of the American readout. But I will say that um, in 2020 and 2021, Idaho grew by 2.9% leading to the country or leading the country in population growth, adding 53,000 new residents um, just in that year alone from 2020 to 2021. Uh, um, Montana was right behind them, adding 1.7% to their growth. Um, we We've met so so with that from 2011 to 2021 it has grown by two uh, Idaho alone has grown by 271,449 people and that is when you subtract the 295,000 people who have moved away and so realistically over 600,000 people or no like over 565,000 people have actually moved here but 295,000 have moved away, leaving us with a surplus in the last 10 years with a 271,000 person surplus. That's a lot of people in 10 years. That's huge. And we've met some of those people. You mentioned that. Like we've met people that are like, oh, we're religious refugees from the People's Republic of California. And that sickens me because like that mentality, you're not a refugee if you freely move between states. You're not a refugee. Um, you're not a refugee if you sold your home and made hundreds of thousands of dollars that you're living off of. You're not a refugee if you still own a business in California and you are traveling back and forth to do business. You're not yeah. a refugee. It also like eliminates the meaning behind the actual word refugee when we have people fleeing countries that are in religious and political turmoil and seeking legitimate refuge um and so you're not like you moved here freely you're not a refugee and it's disgusting um thoughts on that before we get into why this matters no i just it it is um it's really and, and i'll tell you this is an argument i've had with my work even is in the last two years the like when we were in meridian idaho the median income was $60,000, I think it was, or like $57,000 a year, like in 2000 mm -hmm. or whatever. And then by 2022, like the beginning of 2022, it went to over $80,000 as the medium income just in those two years. And so when I told my work, I'm like, hey, when you give me the pay increase, you know, like for like I was at the medium income two years ago. When you give me that 1.5 or 2% increase, I just want you to know that there's been a $30,000 change in the median income. And so what you're paying me is not even close to median income anymore. Um, and they're just like, yeah, that happens in crazy fast growing areas, you know? And it's just like, yeah, but they're all their, all their income is coming from their California jobs. Like, right. you know, and so um, it, it pushed us out, which that's a whole nother conspiracy theory is the, what they call it, the great relocation or whatever it is. They push out all of the like middle class and all these people come in, blah, 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 whatever. Um, 
but it's like we were we when we moved to Twin Falls and had to reevaluate. Okay, you know what? Like, if we're gonna be able to keep up here, then we need to start educating ourselves, getting some uh, bigger credentials, you know, things like that, because we can't keep up with that kind of growth. Two hundred some thousand people who are coming from very high affluent areas like Oregon, Washington, with lots of money in their pocket. Mm Hmm. Exactly. And so, you know, it's, um, and and so it's just, it's, um, it's, it's definitely worrisome. And then when when you think about the type of people who are moving here, they're coming here as political and religious refugees. That's how they view themselves. And so, um, very interesting. And I, and I think I told you a story where one lady came and, um, her daughter was doing dance with my daughter and she's like, yeah, we just moved from California. And she's like, I know that's kind of a bad word around here. And we're like, oh, yeah, no. We're like, you know, what did you move here for? And they were like, oh, California was taking away our rights. They were right. making us wear masks. And this is during, you know, COVID. They were making us wear masks. And we wanted to move somewhere where we knew that we were finally back into a free country. And so we moved to Idaho. Um, and I was just like, oh, my God. Right. Like, you know, that's why you moved because the government was making you wear masks. Like, okay. Like, th- why is that a reason to move? I don't understand. Well, and it's at that point that I'm like, I want to listen to you. Like, I want to understand, but like, it's really hard for me to take serious. Yeah. Yeah. That minute, like that. I, I just don't. And I want to ask questions and I want to like, I want to, I want to understand, but like, it's so steeped in just anger and um misinformation and and it leads to like some really unhealthy things like this thing and so here's why it matters why does it matter why does why does it matter if people are moving to the inland northwest to um create uh an american fortification for christian refuge you know ref refugees um because separatism is one of the things like this the the separatism that it creates, it creates an us versus them mentality. Like, like it is steeped in language of the godless left us versus them. Um, and because of that, it encourages violence. Um, it, it is encouraged violence. We saw that in the January 6th insurrection, six Idahoans were charged in that so far that I could find six of the people charged in the January 6th insurrections were Idahoans, Ashley Babbitt, who was shot at the Capitol was from here. Um, the 31 people arrested in Coeur d'Alene associated with Patriot Front came to North Idaho from 11 different states, two, two of them being from Idaho. Um, it, it, is, it is a separatist mindset that encourages violence. That's why it matters. And the, the American readout is, is not specifically a coherent movement. Like, even though Rawls doesn't endorse racial separatism, the conservatives and religious values that bind these groups together seems generally to like strong enough and central enough to ignore the disagreements on race. And so it like the idea that like, Hey, we're not a rate. Like this is not about racial separatism when groups like the Patriot front or um, you know, the Christian identity movement that are anti-Semitic come in and they're like, yeah, but like our Christian values are the same as your Christian values. We just don't like the Jews. 
the people who are in the group that don't care about race are going to very easily, because it's more about the Christian ideology um, and the political ideology, they're very, the conservatism, they're very easily going to brush that aside. Like, Oh, okay. You don't care about Jews. Cool. Like you want to, you want to like push them out, snuff them out, kill them, whatever. That's fine. Blacks, people of color, indigenous people. That's fine. What about if they're Christian? Well, you know, I mean, it is what it is. And they're going to more easily like brush that race issue aside. Um, And so the idea, this idea draws together around this movement is drawn together around the idea of separatism and the idea that of the godly being against the godless. And so even if it brings some of, um, even if it brings the same, um, that those that wouldn't outright participate in the violence, they accept that violence might be necessary and they understand it. Um, so it's this twofold thing that it, one, it promotes separatists that encourages violence and it bastardizes Christianity. That's like, for me, that's the problem where it's just like you are taking Christianity and literally turning it into something that's anti-Christian, um, for the sake of political expedience and, um, and violence. And yeah, so that's my um, 12 pages of notes. Yeah, thank you for sending those to me. Um, I was following along right with you. So, um, you know, and here's the thing is that, like, um, I really encourage going and walk, watching this documentary. Um, we'll put it in the show notes. Yeah, and the reason why, so it's an hour long. It's an hour long. Um, what I really appreciated about the documentary is I didn't feel, I didn't feel like the interviewer or the guy who was doing the documentary had a lot to say as far as his opinion about what was going on and more or less ask the questions, you know, that is this, doesn't this encourage, uh, uh, doesn't this encourage violence? And one guy was like, Hey, anytime that you have a revolution, there's violence, you know, like, or, you know, things like that. And like, and like what you said was, if it ain't, if it ain't them or if it ain't us, it's going to be them, you know, kind of whatever you said, it was like, if, it not, if not us, then them kind of a mentality. Um, and, you know, I, I just, you know, I think about like, um, I think I there's a picture right before all of these insurrectionists go to storm the Capitol, mm-hmm. they stop and then they take a picture. Do you know what picture I'm talking about? Mm. And, and I might be able well, to pull describe it. it it's all it's all of the the it's all of the um it's all of the groups together so all of the the oath keepers like the leaders yeah no the people it's all the oh. people together and they're wearing those bright orange vests and the camo and all that kind of stuff and they are standing as a group and there's and they're right outside of the capitol so this is right outside of the capitol and they stop and they say, hey, can someone take a picture? Like, like it's a field trip or something like that. Mm-hmm. And um, and every single one of these people in this picture, they're throwing up the white power sign. Oh, yeah. You've talked and, about this before. Um, let me see. Photo before the insurrection. I'm going to try to see if I can find it here just really quickly um, because it is... Um, 
it, it I mean it's just so and and people are like, well, it's not it wasn't about race. It was about and I'm like, you yeah, everybody was throwing up the white power symbol. Like, yes, it was it, it like it was about race. Like mm-hmm. um otherwise, why was that important for them to, you know, to do that? You know what I'm saying? Um I, I can't find it exactly right away. I was gonna I was gonna try to see the um I was going to try to see if I could find that group photo really quickly on my phone. Um, but I couldn't really, I couldn't find it here. Anyway, so I'll look for it and like, maybe I'll show you um, when I find it, but it's just all of them throwing up that, that symbol. And I just thought, and so it's just, what's really sad about it is they throw up this white power symbol. They go and kill police officers and then they go and they defecate on um on desks and that sort of thing and they did all of this in god's name right right? or jesus's name and here's the thing is that i think what people still just don't understand and and don't get and and maybe they'll uh, and they won't they won't understand is at the end of matthew 7 i believe it is it jesus specifically says there will be many people who do things in my name who will say, well, but we healed in your name and we, you we know, did these things. Uh, we did these things in your name. And Jesus is going to say, yeah, but I never knew you. Like I never knew you. Um, and I just think that's a, such a, a warning. That's a shot across the bow. I think from these people who are thinking, Hey, you know what? It's time to create our kingdom here because God's going to give us this divine intervention they're going to give the leader this high um you know this high uh, voice of god to come down and give them you know the the go time for war right mm-hmm. um because that's what god wants and i'm like those are the people who are going to be at the feet of jesus being like yeah but we started a whole nation just to worship you we started right. a whole nation just to like bring the refugees and like the people who are in danger and God's going to be like, I didn't yeah, want any of that. I didn't want any of that. Like, do you know, like, it's like, do you know I had my own kingdom? Yeah. Did you not read? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Do you not read the, the gospels or the sermon on the Mount or it's like God, like we, and we've talked about it. Like, God is not for any of those things, but they think that they're doing a like a biblical holy war. How is that even? How right. is there a biblical context for that? Like how? Yeah, you know, I don't even know. Like it's 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 all rhetoric around like I'm in the Lord's army. You remember that song? I'm in the Lord's army. I'm in the Lord's. Like it's all that rhetoric that like God is a warrior. Um, yeah, maybe, maybe, but that doesn't mean you're called to that. Hmm. like that's not your calling you're not god um and so maybe you misinterpret that but maybe maybe you interpreted it correctly but at the end of the day it's not your call like you're not called to the same thing that god's called to um and christ was absolutely not a warrior on earth he absolutely wasn't and when he comes back it's going to be a quick task like just you clearly misunderstand revelation but like you don't understand like what your role is going to be in that your role is going to be worship. That's it. Like you're not being enlisted, like enlisted into some army. Yeah. So yeah, it's just dangerous. And so next week you want to set up. Yeah. So next week we have 
the privilege of having the gray man podcast duo um it's mike and producer jim mike cyan and producer jim so they will be will be doing a mashup a four screened uh face uh podcast <laughs> um with them and um i'm very excited for that um yeah. you know mike is he does more of the like um, political geopolitical stuff yeah and um and then producer jim i really um he, he prompts questions and mm-hmm. makes funny sounds and you know things like that so i will say that we did already record it and um there is some explicit language in it. So that will be our first explicit episode because I'm not going to edit it out. Yeah. It is what it is. You'd be yeah, big so boys and hide, girls. Hide your kids. <laughs> hide your kids. Hide your wife. Yeah. <laughs> Ain't nobody got time for that. Yeah. So, so yeah, I know. And um, honestly, that was, I, we, I've had some big highlight podcasts that we've done over the years. Um, this is uh, up there of one of my, one of my favorites. So, um, so don't miss out next week. It is honestly, it's amazing. And it, I guarantee it will hold your attention just because the, and it went long, it went long, but it was almost two hours. I was like, let's just keep going. Like I was, I was in it. So, um, yeah, it was really, really good. I really appreciated that. And, um, so yeah, anyway, um, so we will see you, um, next week with that. And then we'll have yep. another week of a wrap up. Um, and then, and then who knows? Sky's the limit. I know. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> maybe, maybe, the, maybe the readout will shut us down and we won't get to podcast anymore. Yeah. You know they'll, what? <laughs> they'll cut, cut off our internet because we're right in the thick of it. I know, I know. We live right, right there, and that's a, you know, and not not to tease, but that's a question I asked Mike. I'm like, okay, so what happens? I'm Come telling you, day. dude. I live hours, hours. We live hours from from Nevada. Like, I don't need any of the stuff in my house. Like, you know, I'll tell you this. I I I have friends in Arizona, California. I've got I got people in North Dakota yeah. now. I've got people in Oregon, Washington, California. I've got family in California. I mean, I've got places to go. I've got, and yep. here's the thing is I work remote anyway, so I can work anywhere I want mm-hmm. to, you know, I, I could too. I could telehealth. I'm licensed in Idaho till yeah. they revoke it. So yeah, which, you know, you might, they might revoke that too. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like, That's right. uh, I'll become a life uh, coach you know, then. They, <laughs> yeah, exactly. So um, anyway, so yeah, if now here's the thing is you're not allowed to leave without telling me that you're leaving because if you're leaving, I'm done. <laughs> if I get any indication, I'm, I'll send out a text to everyone. In do, group, in our I don't want to like take a picture of you in Nevada and being like, we made it. <laughs> like, yeah. Later, we made it. Sorry, guys. Yeah. Right. Um, okay. Awesome. Well, hey, thanks so much for um, checking out this first episode of the American Redoubt. And um, this has been a really good conversation. A lot of eye-opening information. Bruce will put the the documentary link in the notes there. I highly recommend just watching it. And maybe there's some other documentaries out there as well. I'm not sure. Um, Probably. I just saw that one. I just saw that one. And, and I that was uh, Times um, London. So 
Yeah, it was really interesting. Again, I really appreciated how he used the reporter was the one asking the questions and it's the responses of the people that are the most interesting, not the actual questions being asked is the responses. Um, and um, and so definitely check that out. And you know what? Continue reading your word each and every day. Yep. We uh, encourage that. So, all right. All right. Cool. That's it. Peace out. We'll see you guys next Peace. time. See you next time. Thank you for listening to Folding Share Theology. You can follow Bruce on multiple social media platforms at bpags2, as well as Justin Mercier on Instagram at justinmercier13. Additionally, you can check us out on Facebook and Instagram at Folding Share Theology. Until then, keep unfolding God's word each and every day. Oh,